Yo, Ida. Wait. Guess what? Wait. Guess what? Wait. I got the brewski. You got the brewski. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what better way to talk about beer than to like drink, drink it beer. for research? For research, 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 research of course, because we gotta make sure it's good. So mm-hmm. you know, I got us a couple beers today. We're drinking some Heinies. Some Heinies. Salute. Salute. So, I mean, when we talk about beer, the funny thing is that well, it's drunk all around the world, yet we don't give it as much attention as possible. Like, I'll be honest, I take pictures of my fancy cocktails when I go out, but I don't take pictures of my beer. Yeah, you should be ashamed because I stay repping for my girl. And that's because you're a bush girl. <laughs> Every, everybody knows when. I feel like I've made drinking beer cool, quite frankly. I'll be posting her on my story. My Heineken be looking good. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh my God, you drink beer? And I'm like, yeah, it's sexy. Yeah. Beyonce drinks beer. That's it. And you know what? Rihanna drinks beer. Yeah. So, Lamde, do you know what that means? That means that bad, bad bitches, bitches drink, drink beer. beer. That's it. That's all you need to know. That's it. That's all you that's need to know. That's what it is. I think what is so important about beer is the fact that it actually was a thing for women. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, hey, Completely guys. Completely rebranded. Gotta go drink some beer at the bar exactly. and all that. But exactly. I mean, as Uncooked Women, we're about to let you know about beer yeah. and let you know why it's so awesome. That is our mission for today, to spread that beer ministry. Amen. Chi. Amen. That is our uh-huh. mission for today. Mm-hmm. Won't you? Yes. Drink it. Sing it. Ooh. Yes, sister. Let's Lord. Let's start the show. All right. (laughs) I'm Ada. I'm Lamisco. Welcome Welcome to to the Uncooked Uncooked Women Podcast. Think of the show as your virtual dinner table where you and our co-hosts break bread and connect this big juicy world around us to our plates. It's about the food, but it's also about the conversation. Let's dig in. Let him know that you the boss. Hey, hey, hey. Boss, boss, boss. Are you the boss? Are you the boss? Are you the boss? Every time I drink Heineken, along with like, you know, maybe a Corona every now and then, I'm reminded that, hmm, I don't have that many options. Mm-hmm. I walk into any store, it's like five... Heineken, Budweiser. Do you guess? Like just like. five major brands mm-hmm. that are just like controlling the market. Yeah. And that's the problem that we're going to talk about on this episode. Yes, beer is a $600 billion industry now. It's huge. Yeah. But we're only drinking like what? Five to ten types of beer. Mm-hmm. Every single can of Budweiser... Heineken Guinness is scientifically modeled to taste the exact same way wherever you're drinking it. And that's cool. It's nice. I like that we're all sharing the same thing, but it gets really, really boring. boring. That's true. And if you look at the history of beer, um, it's actually as diverse as wine. It has changed over the years Mm -hmm. to be less diverse. Mm -hmm. It used to be a very big deal. In some parts of the world, people would make different types of beer from everyday ingredients, like stuff you could find in your pantry. Mm -hmm. I'm talking rice, banana, Yam, grains, anything. Vibe, just like I'm in my slippers, I'm chilling, I'm brewing my beer and I'm adding my own spices. I'm Mm -hmm. adding my own special herb mix. So every beer was very individual. It was just a little bit different. Craft beers are the products of craft breweries. And these are microbreweries that put out these really small batches of custom flavored beers 
born from very locally sourced ingredients. And we're talking about anything that's as crazy as, you know, having hints of pepper mm -hmm. in your beer to beer with notes of mango to ginger. It really depends on where you are in the world. I mean, for the average Nigerian who loves, you know, the Heineken, the Goldberg, our usual types of beers, special flavored beers may seem a little far-fetched or un-Nigerian, but that is actually very untrue. Facts, especially because we've had an informal alcohol market for a long time. Presently, we have our own craft breweries in Ooh. Nigeria. Yeah. Yep, we have joined the charts officially, so that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. And on this episode, we are talking to two craft breweries right here in Lagos. Um, a Badrum Brewery, which is in Lekki, and Baturi Brewery, which is in Victoria Island. Also, because we are an internationally acclaimed podcast, according to us, we will be speaking with a craft brewer from my favorite place in the world, California. Your home state. Cheese. Shout right. out, California. Hey, <laughs> hey, dog. Hey. Oh, hey. Because the craft beer movement is global. Yeah. It's We're drinking a lot on this episode, so join us. Crack open your own. Hey. <laughs> Hey, no comments. <laughs> anyway, unless you're driving, don't drink and drive. Yes. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Take an Uber. All right. My name is Abiola Shita, um, co-founder of Igbadin Brewing Company. And uh, yeah, I'm the one behind the brews, you know, thinking about it, figuring out and producing them for you guys. We met up with Abiola, who is what we call the brewmaster. Mm. That's a, I love that title, Chief. brewmaster. He's the brewmaster of Igbadun. And he. Um, we met up to basically taste some of the beers. For research, taste, for research, research of, yeah, course, of course. Of course. And also, it gave us an opportunity to ask some questions from, you know, a real beer professional. And the most important question really is, what is beer? That's, that's a, very, a very interesting question, yes. It's just a basic fermented beverage, right? So using grains, starches, anything like that, once you ferment them and you make the alcohol with that at a low level, not a high alcohol percentage, you've made a form of beer. Beer has existed for like 9,000 years now. And before people discovered the magic of filtration, it was even safer to drink than water because it has a lot of antibacterial properties. Nowadays, though, beer can fall under two very broad categories. We are either drinking lagers or we are drinking ales at any given time. I mean, personally, I'd like to drink more beer than water without being judged and without growing a massive belly. Wouldn't we all? Yes. But lagers are what we drink the most over here. And they're light and really golden, very frothy and crisp with a lightly light bitter finish, you know? So think Budweiser, Corona, Trophy. Those are examples of laggards. Mm. Now, ales, on the other hand, have more depth. They're usually fruitier, <clears throat> like at a, or they have fuller taste <laughs> <laughs> and hints of darker chocolate or coffee. Stouts, for example, which we drink a lot here, those are ales. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people, if you like your coffee black, you will probably like stout. So that's um, a very interesting, you know, flavor profile parallel. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, beers used to primarily be brewed by women. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about beers today, that's not really the mental image that it's giving. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not really getting palm wine from a jerry can or 
you know, that yeah. sort of. No, you're right. Because it's usually a bottle or a can. Yeah. Very industrial, very mass manufactured. Exactly. It's giving very much Ford assembly line. Exactly. Giving very much factory vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we understand as beer today. This mass manufactured combination of water, grain, and hops. Yeah. And for Nigeria, the first type of this industrial beer that we were introduced to was Star. Stop. <laughs> Your grandparents or great-grandparents were the first people to actually try it in 1949. And they must have loved it because I think it's still Nigeria's highest selling beer. Cap. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> Calling Cap or Nick. I also do not know any single person that drinks stuff. Nah, so. you're just not cultured. You don't oh. know people. That's what it is. Oh, because I'm not an arm rubber. No, I'm here's okay. the thing about Star. Okay, first of all, Star is a rugged beer, and it's actually starting no, to make sense. Nobody does that. <laughs> but it makes sense, though. I mean. Look at Nigeria. Nigeria is a rugged country. So it's been around the longest and it's really adapted to the hardness of this place. What do you think about it? It's the perfect beer for this country. Facts. It was marketed as Nigeria's first beer and it was brewed by Nigerian breweries, which was Nigeria's first brewery. Wow, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have actually thought? Yep. That name is mad lazy. Original. Very, very lazy. But um, yeah, it got here in 1946. Mm-hmm. And that was before we were officially a country. It was a joint venture between the Dutch through Heineken NV, which is Heineken's holding company, by the way, and the British through United Africa Company, which is associated with Unilever today. So there wasn't a lot that was Nigerian about Nigerian breweries at the time. You're right, actually. And what this little background check on beer makes clearer is a beer being made in Nigeria doesn't automatically make it Nigerian. Mm. It's not until we actually talk about craft beer in Nigeria that we're talking about Nigerian beer. Most of us can identify that what you have is a light lager of some sort and then stout. And that is the entirety of what Nigerians have access to. Yes, different breweries will make their own version of those things, but it's still not a deep, diverse beer experience. Hearing Abby say that Nigerians are not diverse drinkers is a little shocking until you think about it. I mean, we've been drinking mass-produced beers since the 1940s. And in that time, the local beers we've always made have been pushed out of the beer scene and haven't been standardized. But this is where craft breweries come in. They want to remind us that we have our own flavors, our own very unique takes on beer. And why shouldn't we be sharing that with the world? Because our beer scene over here is really dominated by three international players. And they are responsible for most of the alcohol we drink, not only in the country, but worldwide. Like we mentioned before, there is Heineken Envy, there is Anheuser Busch, who are the biggest brewing company in the world, by the way. And then there is Diageo, which is the subsidiary of Guinness. These brands have been in Nigeria for a while and have created tastes and textures that many of us know and love. But these days, beer is getting bigger by getting smaller. And what we mean by that is that beer is expanding beyond mass-produced stuff and becoming really, really local. In our case, in Nigeria or Africa, Mm -hmm. we've historically made beers with ingredients like, once again, bananas, honey, plantains, corn. Yep. And in China, where they found the first physical evidence of beer brewing, 
they realized that they were actually using yams to make beer. And this is really, really wild to me because as an Igbo woman, you're giving me yam, you're giving me beer yeah. all in one. It's, it's, that's everything. It's looking that's like paradise. I think that's yeah. what I'm going to get you for Christmas. <laughs> hey. I'm going to find you some yam made beer or <laughs> yam brewed beer so that you can truly live out your Igbo woman dreams. I will dreams. love you forever. <laughs> Girl, like you don't already love me. What I'm you mean? <laughs> but really, craft beer culture is really about bringing this history back. Cheers following the footsteps of places like Germany, Japan, and the US. Right. So the beers we drink today are beers that popped up after the Industrial Revolution. And that's how we got these bottled, canned, similar um, products with the diversity of beer kind of pushed to the background. Also, these industrial beers that we're drinking are not a coincidence. The fact that they all kind of taste the same is not a coincidence because they are all the consequence of the world's very first food purity law. So in the 16th century, two dukes decided to pass a law in Germany. And that law defined beer as three basic things. Water, barley, and hops. Hops are also the reason why beers are really bitter, because they are preservative. These preservatives helped Europeans to export their beers further and further. And that's why today, beers have that very zingy, hoppy finish. Man. The Reinheitsgebot um, is a very old German purity law. Um, I'm not sure if it's like from the 1400s or sometime before that. But... That law made it so that in Germany, if you were making a beer, the only way it was deemed acceptable was if it was made with, you know, a grain of some sort, hops, you use water, obviously, and then yeast. Any additional ingredient added to that beer would no longer qualify it as a beer. The thing is that what beers we make in this country are totally based on these European perspectives and viewpoints of what, about what beer is supposed to be. Unfortunately, that's not the, the total truth and all of the big breweries, the very long-standing companies that have been around for a long time, that's what they produce, that's what they make, is those type of beers. Not saying that they're bad or anything like that, it's just that they are a small part of the greater story of what beer can be. So the Reinheitsgebots law... The what? The Reinheitsgebots. This law was the first food purity law in the world, like I said. And this was less about standardizing taste and more about just controlling and ultimately taxing what people were using to brew. So, shout out capitalism. <laughs> but um, yeah, craft beers like Ibadun right here in Lagos, they're bringing that pre-Reinheigebots um, history back. So the new, but also the old. Exactly. They are new because flavor-wise, texture-wise, they're more unique than the stuff that we're currently drinking and that's currently being mass-produced. But they're old because, you know, they're going back to that history of beer being really diverse and having a lot of variety. Actually, when you think about it, craft beer is also really a fancy way of describing what Africans especially have been doing for a minute now. And it's just the informal or unregulated way of making beer. Mm. And if you check the numbers like we did, it is obvious that Nigerians drink a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Let me emphasize on that. And we even did our very first episode on it when we were a baby podcast. Yeah. So if you are interested in seeing what we were like when we were growing, when we were in our, what's it called? Y combination, combinator. When we're growing, Sha, you can, you know, you can find our archive on our Medium blog, which is Uncooked Women Pod on Medium. 
Like we say, Lamdi, the informal alcohol sector is very unregulated in Nigeria. And it is made up of those women you see on the road packaging homemade alcohol or moonshine or shayu, as we call it over here. And these little um, sachets that are sold for like 50, 50 naira. For international listeners, that's like 50 cents. Imagine getting like, if imagine being drunk off like 50 cents of liquor. Boy, if I could be drunk off of 50 cents of liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I would never be sober. Anyway, but I mean, really, mom, don't, don't listen to what I just said. So I guess you could call these, you know, pre-industrial beers, yeah, right? Yeah. And like you said, they were whatever people were fermenting, flavoring, and mixing with water. So we used to have very different versions of beer depending on where we were. Yeah, and these beers still exist, by the way. So in the Middle Belt and in southern Nigeria, you can find Burukutu, which is a beer that's made from millet and guinea corn. In Uganda, in East Africa, you can find Waraji, which is a beer that's being made from fermented banana. And over here, I think it's called Agidin B. Yes. Oh, look at yeah. you touching up on your Yoruba. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's this beer that's made from plantain. So, yeah, we, we've always had these things. They've always existed in our culture. And that's what makes craft beer so exciting. They're bringing something new, yes, but they're also reminding us of a culture that we have always had and always loved. I think it's, it's a much more evolved marketplace, right? So I think that's, that's the difference, is the craft beer scene here in Nigeria is not developed at all, right? Whereas in the U.S., you know, and, and Florida, for example, you, you just have to sneeze and you're ne- next to a craft brewery. So it's like, it's, it's no comparison. But the thing is, there have been years and years and years of this industry developing, and hence, lots of innovation, very interesting beer styles, many, many people out there competing to try and do that thing in a new and interesting way. So it's just, it's, it's much more of an evolved space, I would say, but that's the thing. A couple of decades ago, it was like it is now here, right? Where it was just the big breweries making their, making their thing and nobody, nobody else innovating. So like we're, we're right now at the ground level of this thing in this country. So it can, it, there's still plenty of room for change, but it requires, you know, a couple of actors to come in and start making it happen. Craft beer comes from craft breweries and it's a new kind of beer that has started to pop up. Call it the Alte version of the beer market, if you will. We make two beers. Both of them are wheat-based beers, meaning we use wheat grain to produce all the fermentable sugar. Um, So one of them is called Lagos Comfort, right? Lagos Comfort is our ginger wheat ale. And so the thing is with that one, it's a very light beer. It doesn't have a lot of flavor, or at least at the base, but then the ginger is where a lot of the the additional flavor comes from. Um, Then Long Holiday, is a more flavorful wheat beer where we have you know the pale wheat base but then we add roasted grains roasted wheat on top of it to now give it more dimension and then going to the non-alcoholic side uh, we have the non-alcoholic malt beverage also using all wheat grains and then finally our more out there product is the um, early weekend mead so that is completely made with local honey, uh, fermented for um, about a month, but then allowed to age for like an additional two months or more, uh, just to kind of create, you know, a more interesting and deep flavor. Um, So yeah, those are the the four different drinks that we make. 
We tried all the flavors for research purposes, of course. Mm-hmm. And my favorite is still the Lagos Comfort because it has ginger. And you already know the way I feel about ginger. It is so beautiful. Mm. It's a beautiful spice. Yeah. And it made a very beautiful drink. And I know that that's not a word that people use to talk about beer. Yeah. But um, that's what I was feeling. That's yeah. what it was giving. Because yeah. the finish was clean. It was smooth. It was zesty. Zesty. And you know, I always order my beer with a slice of lemon. And people look at me like, oh my God, that what are you doing? It's really bitter. I'm like, first of all, first of all, you're bush. <laughs> so don't talk to me about my decisions and my There's life. There's levels to this shit. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Second of all, beer can be flat, especially when it's not from tap, when it's True. not on tap. So I like to add lemon to put that depth back into it. But with this beer, I didn't need to do that because it already had that depth yeah. inside. So yeah. And I'm, to be I'm, honest, I'm love, yeah. tap over a bottle top over a bottle any of course, day of course. and that was one of the great things about Igbadun because we actually even though in the end we drank from a bottle it yeah. was straight from the tap straight from the tap we actually filled up those bottles ourselves mm-hmm. and drank straight from the tap so I really wanted to try the mead that was my favorite I, mm. I, I'll I, be honest I may have a mead addiction <laughs> I found mead at a farmer's market in Edmonton mm. uh, I think it was 2018 2019 it was $30 a bottle. <clears throat> wow. Um, I like to see it as an investment yeah. that I made. Sure. Um, one that my liver was definitely involved in. <laughs> but let me tell you something about mead. It makes sense. I uh, The first time I was introduced to mead was when I was in university and reading a lot of medieval works. Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, um, Beowulf. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> but basically, every time you hear about their merriment, mm. the mead. The, I mean, merriment is a word, okay? You said merriment. Don't kill me. This bitch was out here drinking meat, playing Dungeons of Dragons, and dating Caucasians in Edmonton. Well, I mean, a little chocolate vanilla swirl ain't such a bad take. But but mead. The thing about mead is that it is really sweet. It is actually what I was. It has the texture and the. Fullness, let's say, of beer instead of wine, but it has more of a flavor of wine. So it gets you fucked up real quick. <laughs> you don't realize it. It's sweet. It's just it's like, it's like drinking Moscato. You're yeah. like, yeah, oh. I'm just gonna have a glass of Moscato. Drinking that Carlo Rossi. Two for your news. That's it. <laughs> barefoot. I'm not ashamed yeah, to say I invested in barefoot as I'm well. Crying. But you know, yeah, meat but, is mm-hmm. really tasty. It makes sense why the medieval, uh, the people of that time were just. I mean, they were drunk and killing dragons. That's what they did, right? Riding horses, drinking mead, and this killing bitch, dragons. This history lesson was Game of Thrones. <laughs> anyway, Lannister style. I mean, but anyway, I I love the mead as mm-hmm. well. It was I think it's called Early Weekend, and yes. it's, it's it's really tasty. And I'm excited um, to know that we have a homegrown version of this. Exactly. And a lot of Nigerians are because yeah. really mead is just from honey, from wild honey that we're growing. Exactly. Over here. Yeah. So it's really exciting. Really, really exciting. Like. um Abiola said they've been here since like 2017 mm-hmm. Basuri got here 2016 and in that time I think that we've seen craft beer culture really grow yeah. and it's really opening people up to what distinctly Nigerian beers or Nigerian alcohol can be like yeah. and I think more and more people are ready for brands like Ibadun they're yes. ready for brands like Basuri they're ready for brands like Pedro's mm. these um, people who are really revisiting our own indigenous flavors and using it to make cool and exciting things. Yeah. 
And because this is an internationally acclaimed podcast, of course. according to us, um, I sat down with John Bazzi, and he's a brewer at Tioga Sequoia. Mm. They are a craft brewery in my real state, yep. California, yay, mm-hmm. you know, the vibes, in the lovely city of Fresno. Like craft beer sort of journey started um, started when I was 20 because I couldn't buy beer, so I decided to start making it. Um, so I started off making it and I, I just fell in love with it because I really liked learning um, all the ins and outs of the process and the method and like, why does this do what it does? What happens if I change this ingredient? And then I just fell in love with the experimentation. And like recipe building is the, that's like the most fun for me. I'm like, come up with an idea in my head, try to put it down on paper and then see if, see if I can execute it, you know. That's John Bazzi. He's a brewer at Yoga Sequoia, a craft brewery in Fresno, California. And I got to talk to him about what craft beers are and the kind of craft beers that they make in his city. I sat down with him to find out more about the craft beer industry in the US, how it started and how it has taken off since. So for people who don't know, what are like the, the, the checkbox for a craft beer? What's the difference between a craft beer and then something mass manufactured? I would say the biggest thing with craft is you're you're looking at smaller producers who are looking for more variety and they're okay with going outside of the box that's been set for them. So, you know, if you're tired of, say you're tired of IPAs, well, then you come out with this hazy IPA that's, you know, been really popular for a few years. Okay, so I think that experimentation and the breaking down of style barriers is, to me, what makes it craft. You know, regardless of size, you know, you could be huge, like one of the really big breweries, right? As long as you're, if they're breaking down some of those barriers, if they're experimenting, if they're trying something new. So yeah, I'd say that sums it up for me. At least as far as the Central Valley goes, where Fresno is, we have the option of tons and tons of local produce. And so we've done beers with local like stone fruit, like apricots and peaches and kluots and that sort of thing. And we have access to, you know, plenty of grapes around here because there's a lot of a lot of wine production around here. So we can do, you know, you could do a hybrid style with that or you could source some wine barrels if you want to age your beer in wine barrels. We're, we're a very big agricultural center here in the Central Valley. So, you know, you always have access to fresh produce. Like we, one of our beers, it's a chili pepper beer. And it was all done with you know, locally grown peppers, and the serranos and, and jalapenos and Fresno chilies, which was a, a locally developed variety, um, and habaneros. And it's this really great, like super flavorful chili pepper beer. It's got like just a, just a little kick to it. It's not terribly spicy. But it's just enough to keep it interesting. That, man, that that one's actually one of my favorites. So, what do you hope um, for the craft beer industry going forward? It's, I like where it's at right now, but I, I kind of want more of everything. Like, I want more education for brewers. I want more um, more variety in styles that people are producing. I want more. I love off the wall stuff like I, I want to try more hybrids um, like just hybridize something anything um, there's a, a brewery a couple hours away from us and they do hybrid beer and ciders and so it's pretty cool and it's not always you know it's not always apple I think they they play around with other ciders but they'll do that and then they'll throw it in a whiskey barrel and age it for a few months and it, they're producing some really interesting stuff you know so I love that 
Um, I would love to see more breweries next to each other and next to restaurants and next to event venues so that we could have like a, a really solid um, sort of event center or like an event district, you know, make it easy for people to get out out of the house and go try some new beers and new food and go see a show. A few years ago, you probably couldn't talk about craft beers here without people going, huh? What's that? What is that? (laughs) But fast forward to today, and it's slowly becoming a staple for us, one of the world's largest beer drinking countries. And you also couldn't really say you were a woman who drank beer as well. There's this weird stigma here when it's just like any other drink. I mean... But then again, we're uncooked women. We do whatever we want. We are naturally bad influencers. That's it. If you you couldn't tell from the name of the podcast, I mean... (laughs) Anyway, we decided to take our friends to Baturi Brewery, the second craft brewery right here in Lagos, located in Victoria Island. And we sat down with them to drink and talk shit. And, you know, we also had a little insightful conversation about why more women need to start drinking beers. Mm -hmm. As usual, when fine women in Lagos go out for drinks, they end up getting free shots. So shout out to the folks at Baturi who were kind enough to let us sample at least five different shots from their menu in honor of their six-month anniversary right here in Lagos. We're at Baturi, by the way. Oh yeah, we're at Baturi. First craft brewery in Lagos. Yeah. I think they got here 2021, but they've been around since like 2016 in Abuja. So we have to come down because it's the beer episode and we got friends. I love the fact that my first two experiences with uncooked women have involved alcohol. (laughs) You would think that beer would actually be, the other than wine, you would think that beer would be what would be marketed to women in the sense that it's not as strong. It's not as strong. Yeah, you drink one weak. glass and you're like full. That's yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. you would think that they're telling women to oh, stay away from the hard liquor. Yeah. Don't do the shots like I do. And then drink the beer instead. So how do we make beer a more attractive drink for women? I don't believe in that. Oh, it's only men that drink beer. If you go, if you go, you know, to the U.S. or U.K. whatever, see the women at all these craft breweries <laughs> having a great time, drinking just as much as the guys. So, like, and I think that's unfortunate that we've we've decided to to frame, you know, the the consumer in that way in this country and say that oh yes, this is for men and it's not for women, right? But I believe that women can can have. And you can have any of these. I think the other thing too is, like you mentioned, the branding, right? How is it marketed? What is the the color palette? Like all these sorts of things do affect, you know, whether or not, you know, people feel comfortable approaching it. But that that was entirely the goal is very approachable, not scary. We're not, you know, this isn't gonna like knock you out or like anything crazy like that. It's not it's not about hitting you with intensity, it's just calm down, relax enjoy yourself, get comfortable. That's the, the message that we want to convey, and that's for anybody. So, yeah. Clink. I think we are sufficiently inebriated. Of course, Adam finished her beer before I did. I still have like, hey, 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 I have a quarter of a bottle left. Adam's looking you at me. You didn't need to tell She's them that. She's looking at me thirsty. <laughs> like, you gonna finish it? You, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you gonna finish it? Scratching my neck like, ah. Don't kill me. <laughs> 
But man, thank you guys for rocking with us this episode. Hope you've learned a lot about beers and craft beers. And you should go try them. And ladies, ladies, don't let any man tell you that you can't drink beer. Yeah. Drink all the beer you want. All you want. And beer then with pancakes. That's it. Yeah. You got to end it up with a nice, nice big belt. Oh. Let him know that you're the boss. Hey, that's how you establish And do you know why? Boy. Because bad, bad bitches, bitches drink, drink beer. beer. That's it. That's all you need to know. That's it. That's all you That's need to know. That's what it is. Hey. Salute. Salute. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week. The Uncooked Women podcast is produced by Acer Originals and RTD Studios. Our sound engineer is Adesha Gumbelu, sound designer Joyce Olong, additional sound design by Joshua Hazi, and mixed and mastered by Adesha Gumbelu. Also, a special shout out to our co-producer and wannabe uncooked woman, Joshua. Make sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcast, and also leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. To see more of what we get up to behind the scenes and for extra content, follow us on social media at Uncooked Women. 